Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 16th of January 2011, entitled, Go in This Thy Might, and the Bible reading is taken from Judges chapter 6, verses 11 to 24. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, again, our scripture reading taken from Judges chapter 6, and we're going to Pick up in verse 11, and we're going to read down through verse 24. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word, beginning in Genesis chapter 6, verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abiezrite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? He said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the, the least in my father's house. The Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ofa of flour. The flesh he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. The angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face, the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee. Fear not. Thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abiah's rites. Father, we thank you again today, Lord, for your word that you have preserved and kept here for us, for your spirit that lives within, Lord, that can take these words and that can quicken them, can make them alive. Lord, we need you to do that in our hearts today. 
We've already prayed, and once again, Lord, we pray that, Lord, you know the need of each one here. I pray, Lord, that you would use thy unworthy servant, that, Lord, man would not speak here, but that you would have the word spoken in your stead, that you would have spoken under the unction of the power of your spirit. And, Lord, we pray that you would do the work in each life that only you can do. For it is in Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to take for our text today, if you would, primarily the thought from this reading that we find there in verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee. But before we look there, I wonder, as we look back at th- verse 13, you see, it's, it's quite phenomenal to see God work sometimes. And some of you would probably find it very interesting, the things that God uses to let a pastor know what he's supposed to preach every Sunday. I mean, if you stop and think about at least two Sundays and most times a Wednesday out of the week, God, where do you want us to go in your word? What do you want for your people? But as I've already said, God knew who was going to be here this morning. God knew what you need. I mean, in the plan of things, I had planned to be back into our series today. That's probably going to be probably the first Sunday or so in February now. We'll get there. It's not going anywhere unless the Lord comes for us. And if he does, you won't need to worry about contending for the faith anymore, praise God. But today, as we look really at both the morning and the evening, and of course, I didn't know until literally it was quite late, probably 8 o'clock or later last night when we found out that Steve would need to go across to Calvary this morning. I didn't know where his lesson was going to take us this morning on the faith of Abraham. But I do know this. I do know that in these bygone weeks and months, that as I look across this congregation even here this morning, I know that many of you had some battles, some real battles. I know that many of you have had some struggles. I know that some of you have been carrying burdens that got very, very heavy to carry. And as God certainly burdened your pastor's heart for that, really as we look at the sermons both this morning and this evening, They're there because God has laid it upon my heart because I feel there is a real, real need. And I hope that these will be words of encouragement for you today to help you. I wonder how many of you might feel as Gideon did there. We find that in verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. How many times? When you're going through that really deep valley, when that particular struggle, it may be a new one. It may be one that the devil keeps throwing up in your face time and time again. How many of you, when you're there, with the best of intentions, somebody has reminded you that the Lord's in control. The Lord will take care of it. The Lord is with you. And you know those things are true. 
But many times when they're spoken, just as here, Gideon was told, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. But notice what Gideon felt in verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? You know from the words, you know in your mind that God is with you. Others tell you that God is with you. And yet, how many times have you been going through one of those valleys that you'd say, boy, if the Lord's with me, why is all this happening? Why am I going through this? And notice this next question, and where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? If God's with me, why in the world am I going through this? And if I am here, where is God's miracles? I read about them. I know about them. I know what he's done. Why isn't there one here for me right now? Gideon says, but now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Don't tell me God's with me. Not when I look at where I'm at. Not when I'm not seeing the miracles of God as I want to see them. Don't tell me that God has forsaken us. You see, Gideon was hiding from the Midianites. The Midianites were the enemies of God's people. But it was while he was hiding away from those enemies that the Lord came to him with this message. Sometimes we hide away in all kinds of different ways. We might just close up into our little shell and not want to let anybody else in. The simple truth is, there's not a believer here that if you're not going through a valley now, you've either been through one or you're going to go through one. Life has its valleys as well as its hilltops. There are battles to be fought. When it comes to the spiritual side of our lives, we sing about it this morning and we sing these great hymns that were based upon Scripture. God tells us we are in a battle we can't just go and just sit on the sidelines and let everybody else fight the battles and we just go along for the ride. If you're going to live a life for God, if your life is going to count for anything important, you see, you can have a great mind. You can be one of the most beautiful people that ever walked on planet Earth. You can have everything going for you in society's eyes but your life can be a total waste because you'll take none of that with you when you leave here. It's only that which is done for him that's going to matter. And yet how much of our time, how much time do we have for God? And we wonder why we don't feel spiritually stronger a lot of times. Gideon was in a valley. Gideon was hiding out for his life. 
Gideon felt like God had forsaken him and everything about him and all the people around him, all of God's people. But the Lord came to him. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Go in this thy might. What might was Gideon having? I mean, he's already said, you know, I got nothing. I got nothing. And yet the Lord's saying, go in this thy might. Isn't it me, God, that has sent you? What was his might? Where was his might? He certainly didn't feel very mighty at the time. Where's that might in your life today? You feel like, you know, you know you've read all the facts, but in your heart you feel a bit forsaken. In your heart you feel like, you know, I got nothing to fight with. I don't know how to get through this. Well, may I say first of all that the might that Gideon was being sent in here the first thing and foremost in your life that it requires a definitive experience with God alone. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, unless there is in your life a definite, positive, personal experience with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got no starting point. You don't have this promise that it was him that was sending you. The simple truth is, we notice here that if you look in verse 12, he had to do a bit of analyzing. <laughs> he had to analyze himself. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Is the Lord with me, Gideon thought? <laughs> You're telling me that he's with me? Is the Lord really there? Well, I can tell you this. For the Lord to first be with you, you never have a starting place to start from. Unless I don't care who you are this morning, where you've been, how religious or not religious, what experiences that you've been through or not been through, the simple truth is, if there's not a point in your life that you can begin from by knowing with absolute certainty that you do belong to the Lord, you've got to know that. You're going to have all kinds of problems in your life if you don't even have that settled in your heart and mind. You need to know that with absolute certainty. Of course, we know, folks, I say to you unashamedly, there is only one way. Religion won't do it. Baptism and communion won't do it. All the best intentions, all the turning your life around, all the things that you can do will never, ever, ever accomplish it. Jesus meant it very simply to understand when he said, 
I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You can't get there any other way. When Nicodemus went to him and he wanted to know how that he could experience the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, what was Nicodemus told? Jesus said, ye must be born again. He didn't understand that. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. I'm saying to you today, folks, don't play around with it. You're playing around with your eternity. You think sometimes that you've got struggles in life now. You do not want to leave this world, leave this life without a certainty of knowing that you've been born again. That by the Lord Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, what he accomplished for you, that is what will save your soul, not what you can do. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. The Bible says it is a gift of God. A gift of God. Today, is the Lord with you? Because I can tell you this with absolute certainty. Once you've nailed down the fact that you genuinely have humbled yourself, sought forgiveness for your sins, asked Jesus Christ into your life, I'm telling you, from there on I can promise, yes, the Lord is with you. But you can never have that promise. That was part of Gideon's struggle to start with. Is God with me? Now, you're going to have days like that as believers that you're going to question, have I been forsaken? But I'm saying you got nowhere to go unless you first of all know. And then, of course, not only analyzing yourself, but analyzing the situation. Why are things like they are? Why are you and I forced to live in a world that we look about us? And we see the moral and social evils that we do about us. How can people think like that sometimes? How can people act like that sometimes? How can people do those things to each other? Sometimes we may wonder. We've been delivered into the hands of the wicked one. <laughs> because he is the prince of this world right now. And we see it all around us. And, of course, we've talked much, and we'll speak a bit more later today already on faith. May I say this, folks? Now, remember this. You know, without faith, you cannot please God. You can't. There's nothing else. It's that faith that not only will make you a child of God's in the first place, but it's that faith day by day. Do you really believe God? I want you to analyze and ask you, do you know, if you know you're a child of God, if you don't, then I don't, you, you know, the rest of what I'm saying, you don't need to really worry about because you need to worry about the first thing. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's what you need to be concerned about today because nothing else is going to matter until you've got that to start with. But if you do know that, if you know that with absolute certainty today, 
then do you have the faith to really believe and trust God? You see, I believe faithlessness in itself can be classed as a sin. Not believing God, not believing what he's told us, not living accordingly, because faith isn't just knowing a bunch of facts up here. Faith is believing those things and living accordingly, acting upon them. Gideon was hiding. I don't think that was showing a whole lot of faith at the time. Yes, he did feel forsaken. He didn't feel like God had anything to do with him. He was hiding away from the enemies. Sometimes we bring situations on ourselves. Sometimes it is simply a, a lack of faith. Sometimes it may be things in our own lives. Sometimes it's things we are doing. Sometimes it's things we're not doing. Sometimes it may be that we're in the situation we're in spiritually because if we really analyze this, God doesn't really have number one place in my life. Not really. I mean, I love him. But only if I've got time for him. We wouldn't come right out and say, oh, God, I'll see you when i got time for you. But that's the way we treat him. That's the way we live our lives. Is he number one? Is he the most important, not only person, but the most important person, the most important thing, the most important period in our lives? We find that so many times it may be the things that we're not doing for him. We have no time. For him, for worship, for scripture, for prayer. You know, it's not because you go off to some great named university and get a theological degree that you're going to be a strong Christian and live for God forever. Because God is with you. Because you know with absolute certainty that you're a born-again child of God. God is with you. Because as you analyze the situation. You know, you know that there's things in your life, the simple things, reading your Bible, praying, witnessing, being faithful to God's house. How strong would our church be if it all depended upon you, what you do for the family, your attendance? Now, I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying, you know, nothing's ever going to fix if it's not analyzed. Where are you in your Christian life? And what is it? To what extent are you responsible for conditions that you want to blame on God sometimes? But you find that here when God came to Gideon, we find that he went to him and he said, Go in this thy might. Have not I sent thee? Gideon, you got to quit hiding. You got to quit hiding away from it. And you're going to go in this thy mind because I'm the one that's sending you. I'm the one that's with you. 
You see, the real truth is this. We talked about this again early this morning. I didn't know the, the two were going to tie together at the time. You better know God's will for your life. He had no doubt at this point now. He'd forgotten it. But here he's reminding him, go in this thy might, have not I sent thee. Is this where God wants you in your life? Is this where God is wanting to take you? Or is this where you want to be? Is this where you want to go? Folks, you got to know what God's doing with your life, what God wants to do with your life. Instead of shutting them out and closing them out and getting so in looking, look to God. Know God's will. Know where he wants you. Know that you're on his timetable and not yours. It's easy for us to want to do what God wants, but yeah, I've got to get past this first. I've got to do this first. You need to be on God's timetable in God's place where God wants you. When God wants you there. The Bible says God is our refuge. God is our strength. Gideon felt like he was in a hopeless situation. Him and everybody else around him, he'd given up hope. He was hiding away. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord, the Lord himself, has a word with him. We find that this might, if he was going to go in this might, he had to have this definitive experience that he knew that he belonged to God and he knew that God was in control of his life, that he was going where God, don't expect God to get you through it if you're the one that's marching off on your own, doing it your way, doing it in your timing. Go with God. If he's taking you, you'll be all right. Analysis, approval of God, Abasement of self. You see, when I said definitive experience, I think these things have to take place in your life. We find that here in verse 15, and he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house saying where I come from, too many people go off half-cocked. They're not really ready. And the simple truth is, is that here was Gideon, and if he had headed off with what he had, he wouldn't have much to fight this battle with. I'm poor. I don't have anything. But the truth is, is that, folks, none of us have what we need to fight the battle. If we truly look at self, when we're fighting the enemy, it's not going to happen in our strength, in our intelligence, in all that we know. We have first got to come to that point of humility of accepting that, man, God's got to do this. But it's not easy sometimes to admit that somebody else, it might be your brother, your dad, your closest friend, that somebody else can do something that you can't. But we've got to come to the point that we're humble enough to recognize that God can do something we can. We might have tried many times. We might have been struggling with this thing for years. We might have fought it and fought it and fought it. 
tried to follow step one, step two, step three, and all these things to get it right. We can't do it. We've got to realize that it's only God. Because not only do you need that definitive experience, but this kind of might requires divine companionship. You've got to have God with you. Verse 16, and the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Doesn't matter how big their armies are. Doesn't matter what kind of power that they've got. God says, hey, I'm with you. You're going to smite them as if they were only one person. It doesn't matter that they've got thousands out there on the battlefield. It's like going against one person. Why? Because you're not going out there in your own strength. You've got a divine companion with you. Is there anybody in this world that you think is bigger than God? Is there anybody that you think can outsmart God? Is there anybody that you honestly, genuinely believe? This is serious. Folks, this is real serious. If there's anything bigger than God in your life, you've got problems. But see, the might that Gideon was going in was, first of all, a definitive experience. He belonged to God. Secondly, he was going with divine companion. Not only did he belong to God, God's going with him. God is with him. You gotta, you've got to experience the first before you can know the second. But this is what Gideon is being reminded here. Gideon, I'm with you. I'm your companion. I'm your strength. I'm telling you, Gideon, because I'm with you, it doesn't matter what kind of forces they've got. We'll put them down like putting down one person. You see, it doesn't matter how many people are coming against you. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're standing on your own. You've got to come to the point to know with absolute certainty that you and God is all it takes. If everybody else forsakes you, they went my glasses. If everybody else forsakes you, I might need to see again later. If nobody else understands, when it's you and God, that's what God's telling Gideon. Gideon, I'm the one that's going with you. That's the might you can take on. I don't care how big that mountain is. Maybe you've been fighting it too long in your strength and Maybe you've tried to pry all these different things. Truth is, you just need to go with God. God's the one that needs to take care of it. Wherever you are right now, maybe you're genuinely seeking to find a way to get through it. I'm saying to you, you need to go in the same might that Gideon went in. We find that I want to give you one third thing. Folks, I don't mean to oversimplify this. We're the ones that make it hard a lot of times. I want you to understand something this morning. It's simple enough that 
These children in here shouldn't have any trouble understanding this. If God says it, that's it. That's it. You know, the world, society, even religion itself, so many times tries to undermine God's Word, to take away from it, to take away its application because it doesn't apply today, to weaken it down, to water it down, to do all these things. Folks, if God said it, that's it. It was by His Word that He created everything that exists. God spoke and it was. It was his word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. That's what Jesus Christ is all about. We've got God's word. If anything is going to be accomplished in your life, if you're going to ever win that battle, if you're going to get through that valley, then you better know without a shadow of a doubt that you belong to God. And then you can go with confidence. You need to know that if you're going where God wants you, know God's will, seek God's will, follow God's path with your life, not your own, and he'll be with you. Thirdly, when you go, folks, you need to go with the decisive faithfulness. <laughs> if God said it, that settles it. That's finished. You can count on it. It's done. Gideon believed God. And when he went out, he went out with faith in God and what God said. Faith in God's word and loyalty to God's will. He was going where God was sending him. He was letting God do with his life what he wanted and he knew. He knew with absolute certainty because he believed God. He went forth in faith. You know, that word gets destroyed much today because it's, on the one hand, taken too lightly. On the other hand, people try to abuse it. You know, in the whole scope of things, it ain't really going to matter whether you believe me or not. <laughs> but it's going to make a big difference whether you believe God or not. Men can falter. Men can make mistakes. Men can say things that with all the best intentions, they're just not so. That can't happen with God. Can you go through life really believing God and living accordingly? I'm saying today, I know you might be in a valley. I know that you might be hurting. I know that it may seem like that you've been forsaken. But will you do as Gideon? Will you go believing God? Because you know what happened? Gideon, read the story. Gideon did with 300 men and God. <laughs> what he couldn't have accomplished with the 30,000 to start with. Can you believe that? 
Can you believe that in real life that you can go out and do with 300 men what you could not do with 30,000 and the big difference, the only difference is God was with the 300. Folks, you can try with everything within you. You can build all the forces you want to, but if you're not where God wants you to be, if it's not God that's with you, you've lost. You're fighting in your strength. But on the other hand, if you're where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do, no matter how big the mountain is, no matter how bad the odds seem stacked against you, God is still God. Gideon went out there with God and 300 men. You see, God was the one that had to do some eliminating. Notice over, I mean, Gideon thinks he hasn't got a chance to start with. I mean, he thinks, man, we got no way. These guys are going to kill us. They're trying to hide from them. Notice what happens in Judges chapter 7, verse 3. Now, therefore, go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. Hmm. Thirty-two thousand, twenty-two thousand gone, down to ten thousand. Why? You don't need the people with you that don't have faith. <laughs> it was the ones that were afraid that he got rid of first. <laughs> they were afraid. They didn't really believe. I mean, the odds are against them. There's no way. Just leave them behind. And that's exactly God got rid. He eliminated those whose faith was weak. Perfect love casteth out fear, folks. Christians, have you ever been afraid? I have. I wish I could say I never, ever feared anything in my life because, man, my love for God is so perfect. You know, there have been times, but I'm saying we shouldn't fear. We don't need to fear. Not when we're with God. I don't care. There is no situation that's too big. There is no valley that's too deep. There is no problem that's too big. There is no enemy that's too strong. God got rid of those whose faith was too weak. Then notice what happens in verse 5 and 6. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knees to drink. The number of them that lappeth, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men, but all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. Now, was it just how they drank the water that made the difference there? Lots of people tried to analyze it, and I can't tell you all this for sure, except that you got 32,000 men. First thing God does is, okay, 
Let's just be honest. Those that are afraid, those that don't have the faith, go back home. You're down to 10,000 men. I mean, you already had an enemy that was bigger than you to start with. You were afraid of him. You were hiding from him. He says, hey, we're gonna, we got to do some more here. Out of that 10,000, they go down there and out of 10,000, that means 300. That's 9,700 of those 10,000 just put their heads down in the water and started licking up the water to drink it. Only 300 of them scooped the water up. Their hands drink it like that. What do you think? What's, what, what's the difference there? I don't know all, but I know one thing for sure. Maybe it's just because, folks, God wants us to pay attention. God wants us to pay attention. Don't turn our backs on the enemy. Don't just, you know, these, these men were still watching. They drank the water. I don't know all this there. God had some lessons to be taught. I know for sure that the first 22,000 was because of lack of faith. I know that he got rid of another 9,700 because he was looking for something in them when they went drinking from that water. 300 men. <laughs> and you go into a battle you're dreading with 32,000 to start with. And then here you are with only 300 men left. Well, I wish we had time this morning, but we don't. Read chapter 7 for yourself. Who won the battle? Did Gideon with 300 men accomplish the impossible? 300 men and God. 300 men that had faith in that God that was with them. You see, I don't want to oversimplify it. There's too many people today. They need to understand. Today, you need to understand. Life isn't easy. I know some of you have been going through it. First of all, this morning, if you're here without the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, I don't, I don't mean this nastily. I hope nothing I say makes you feel good. <laughs> I don't want to make you feel good. I don't want you to be satisfied and happy where you are. You feeling a little bit uneasy? Good. I hope you feel more uneasy. Matter of fact, I hope you can't sleep tonight. Matter of fact, I hope until you pay attention that it's God that's speaking to you and God's trying to show you, I hope you're more uneasy than you've ever been in your life. That makes sense. You know why? Because I love you and I care about your eternity. Most of all, God loves you. There is nothing in this world that's more important than you knowing, knowing that you've been born again. Christians, you know you've been saved? And remember, remember, he's not going to leave you. He's always there. I don't care where you are. He is with you. Do you know you're where God wants you, though? Have you brought these problems on yourself? Well, you know, the fact is, is, hands up, we all mess up sometimes. We all veer from the past sometimes. That doesn't make you any lower than the rest. The simple fact is, is that we all need him. And God's waiting with outstretched arms today. And if you've veered off the path, he wants you back. 
and he's waiting for you. Know that you're in God's will. Then you can know that whatever you are facing, he is there. You need that divine companionship. You need to know that God is with you. Folks, you need to believe him because he's the one that's promised it. He said it. You're going to make him a liar? Do you really believe him? And act like it. Live like it. I don't care how the odds are so totally against you and how unwinnable this battle is. You're where God wants you with him, you'll win it. But you need a decisive faith in your life. You need a decisive faith. You need to know that you believe God, that you trust God. You may not understand it. You may not know why it's this particular battle. You may feel, you know, that you know that there's no reason for this. There's makes no sense at all. God knows. Are you going to think He's lied to you the first time? And then none of us have any other hope. God's true to His word, which He is. Father, we thank you so much today that, Lord, as we read this story from the Old Testament, Gideon, now you took this man that had nothing in this life, you took this man that belonged to you and you reminded him that you were going with him and that the path he was about to embark upon was your will for his life. And Lord, as he took that path, he had absolute faith in knowing even when it looked like things were getting worse. <laughs> I mean, it was bad enough to have to trust you to go into battle with 32,000 men. But then it's suddenly 10,000. Then it's suddenly 300. And he's got to keep going. He's got to keep believing. When it looks like to his eyes, he's failing. Things are being stacked against him worse all the time. But he keeps going where he knows that you want him to go, believing you, trusting you, because you said it. And that was good enough for him. Father, you know the hearts of each one here this morning. I do pray, Lord. I pray if there's anyone that, Lord, they've based their eternity upon the wrong things. They don't know with certainty that they've ever humbled themselves as a sinner and asked you for forgiveness based solely upon what Jesus Christ finished for them when he died upon Calvary and shed his blood for their sin. Lord, you know that one here today that though they're saved, their life is not where it ought to be. They need to be restored to the joy of their salvation as the psalmist was. And Father, you know the Christians here today that though in all of our imperfections, they're trying to follow you to the best of their ability. Lord, they're facing some battles, some struggles, some deep valleys, things they don't understand. Lord, I pray that you'd help these words just to remind them today who they are, who it is that's with them, who's in control. Lord, the wonderful promises that you've made to them in your word. Of course, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 